This show is part of the Darkmore Podcast Network. To join our community Discord or see more content from our members, visit darkmorepodcasts.com. My name is Zach, and I play a large-scale dream, a half-high-elf bladesinger wizard, member of the Weaver's Guild, and a special legionnaire of the Pandemonium. And this is Advantage. Hey friends, it's Joe. So glad you're here. That's for episode 2.51. Uh, I'm mixing it up a little and doing a pre-roll instead of a mid-roll. That's because I need to preface your listening by admitting that we don't have Sarah's track for this episode. Uh, we discovered that at the very, very tail end of this recording, and there was nothing we could do at that point. But such things happen. Uh, it's not a huge deal. I did my best to edit around that, which you'll hear. But if it seems like you're missing something, that's why. I'm actually really surprised by how good of a job the cast did uh at filling in necessary details despite not even knowing that there would be a missing track in the final project. Um, It was incredibly helpful, believe me. Listen closely, carefully, and see if you can find those moments that I'm talking about. Our sponsors for this episode include Dark Silver Forge, who you know make incredible uh, zinc alloy die sets and other TTRPG gear. Uh, Their D20 is five and a half times heavier than your standard plastic die, and I love mine. Um, I've got two sets of the Cthulhu's Gold. Each member of the cast rolls bones with uh, Dark Silver, and you can get your own by going to darksilverforge.com and using the code ADVANTAGEDND, all caps, no spaces, and get 10% off your order. Our second sponsor is Cosmic Blues Minis, which print and paint custom STL files. You can get your hands on all those tabletop minis that you have saved on Hero Forge. Um, you can find Cosmic Blues Minis on Etsy or follow them at Cosmic Blues Miniatures on Instagram and use the code ADVANTAGEDND. Again, all caps, no spaces, and receive 15% off your order. Their current projects include painting and printing all the Advantage player characters, updates of which are always uh, posted in our uh, Advantage Patron Secrets Discord channel. I'm so excited to see Auric, Morlinde, Alaris, and Grimton all manifest in the physical form. Um, I also want to apologize to you for this episode coming out later than I anticipated. Uh, I normally would have gotten this out last week, but I had something else going on. I had the joy of leading a role-playing week at the summer camp that I teach at. Rather than D&D, we used the Hero Kids TTRPG, which I highly recommend for its simplicity. The kids enjoyed an exciting event called Skellyfest, liberated souls of a 141-year-long curse, uh, broke into a castle's treasury, climbed a haunted wizard's tower, and eventually fought a dragon who had impostered the king for many years. It was incredible. They loved it, and I'm so proud of the work that they did. Uh, But it was a lot of work to come home every night and write the next day's plot. It was exhausting, but worth it. If you have any interest in seeing those daily notes uh, or the website that inspired um, that campaign's plot, I've got them all linked on our Discord server and pinned under pinned them under the uh, Advantage General Discussion channel. 
it was a good time. And it was interesting trying to write in a style that elementary kids would be able to appreciate. Um, while you're there, go check out the other shows on the Darkmoor Podcast Network. You can find a link down to that in the doobly-doo. Um, find Advantage and all of our member shows like The Misadventures, Fun But Why, How Friends Roll, DM Shower Thoughts. Um, I actually joined our pals Steven, Ian, and Gavin the other night uh, as a guest on Season 2 of Playing Out of Character. Uh, so go subscribe to them. All right. Let's get back to the show. Thank you. What becomes possible when you let go of your preconceived notions on what makes a great story? What becomes possible when we see tabletop role-playing as more than just a game and also as a vehicle for personal growth and development? What becomes possible when you let your characters live through your gameplay? This is the DM Shower Thoughts Podcast, a proud member of the Darkmoor Podcast Network, available on iTunes and Spotify. Last time in episode 2.50, the Unknown Associates left Corallon's realm of Arvindor on an astral Zebek headed for Celestia, the domain shared by gods Kord, Morden, and Bahamut. Now they sail on a wondrous journey through the dangerous stardust waters of the Astral Sea. And that's where we'll pick up. The old quarrel travels quickly, and the prow strikes an astral wave, sending a crash of silvery liquid stardust onto the deck. The spray burns, and you take three points of damage. <laughs> Wait, like actually? Yeah, bud. Lit. Get out your awesome. character sheet. Yeah. We're doing some combat. A cry comes out from the crow's nest. Get the onto ship sighted, sir. They're flying the black and on our course. Maybe three miles behind, giving chase. Appear to be sailing at or near our horizon. Two dragons aboard, sir. I was hoping there'd be pirates. Yes! <laughs> you say in character as... Uh, <laughs> as You say that in character as Ulrich and the captain backhands you. You take a point of damage. The captain just... swears and calls to the bronze dragon roosted on the spar. Patrol the skies, Uthleach. Intercept whatever comes. Mix Noville, keep us on course. We'll try to outrun them as long as we can to prepare. He shouts down at the crew. All hands, trim your sails. Get ready yourselves for battle. Uh, how are you preparing? S uselessly. <laughs> A great roar erupts from the maw of the bronze dragon, Uthleach, who's a quarter mile off the stern. You look and see her flying aggressively, teeth barred toward a pair of red dragons. Commander Devine shouts, All hands to defensive positions! You watch Uth Leech in the distance unleash a horrible breath weapon, a, a devastating lightning bolt that strikes one of the red dragons while it is st still 30 yards in front of her. You see three figures fall from the red dragon's back, splashing down into the astral sea where they leave the dragon's horizon. Uth Leech locks talons with the rival beast, who lets out its own breath weapon. A cone of flame sprays uncontrolled as Uthleach clamps her teeth around the red dragon's neck. Devine swears loudly, Why did they only send us one dragon? And you see what he's referring to. 
Uthleech is locked in combat, but the second enemy remains unengaged, and the dragon is quickly gaining on the old quarrel. The five of you, your orders were to go below deck to the safe room where me, Drinker, and Vidrich lock the hatch and barricade yourselves inside. Go. We've killed a dragon before. I don't give a damn. You're not combatants in this fight. Your life is critical to whatever mission you are assigned. Go below decks now. I salute and go below deck. Yeah, like we've been given an order. Okay, then. Okay. Auric worries that they would just get more in the way than be helpful, because while we we all know a lot about combat, but that does not mean we know anything about space combat. <laughs> in ship combat. Once they get on board, different story. I'm pretty sure he mentioned something about like not bringing artillery specifically, so it's going to be ugly. We have our weapons, but the ship doesn't have cannons. Ballista was what was mentioned, Ballista. but yes, it doesn't have any arms. It's made for speed, baby! And it has a dragon. Uh, you open a steel hatch below deck and find the emissaries preparing for battle. Mead Drinker polishes a heavy ward hammer while Vindrich guides a tanged file down the length of his Vihander. Cool weapons, I say, pulling out mine and like <laughs> caring for them as well. Vihander is a cool weapon. How do you spell that? I need to Google that. Z W E I. There's actually, I think, an entire roleplay system called Zweihander. Like a like a tabletop RPG? That's right. This episode is brought to you by Two-Handed Swords, the role-playing game. Oh! So this is just a big O sword, and it's the po- it's the yep. one where you have like a super split grip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Also, in in addition to uh, the Zweihander RPG, this this episode is brought to you by that's right. Dark Silver Forge. <laughs> That's right. They would make swords if they could. I think critically, Zach, uh, your dice and Steven's dice are uh, fit perfectly for this particular Oh, with campaign. the Dark Alpha set. I That's do right, indeed. the Dark Alpha set. The Dark Alpha set looks like they belong in space. That is exactly what they look like. Above, you hear the commander shout indistinguishable orders. Any updates? Says Meat Drinker. Uh, Pirates! Oh, great. Just as we were looking forward to it. They have two dragons. Oh, fun. That's one more dragon than we have. Had. Had. <laughs> I don't know, man. I saw our dragon, like, wreck shop out there. Just saying. That's still one more dragon than we have. You're not wrong, but... Well, but, I mean, it does depend on, like, how strong... Like, how how strong of a dragon do we have? V- Vindrich, who has uh, gold scales... Uh, rolls his eyes and says, it's a bronze dragon. Bronze versus red. You can do the math. <laughs> you don't know You don't know the math. Yeah, there. like, already um, definitely <laughs> nods like they can do the I math. I imagine like, mm-hmm, bronze mm-hmm. is... Nope, nope. It's, it's racism. Let's, like, like we, know, we know what this is. <laughs> well, it depends on what kind of breath weapon bronze have. You watch Uthleach deliver a lightning bolt Okay, so lightning versus fire? Is this literally just Pokemon mechanics? Like... <laughs> Rock, paper, scissors. The vessel leans heavy to one side, and the old coral lets out a groan under the sudden pressure. Uh, give me investigation rolls. Well, that's not very high. Uh, 13. Ooh. Jesus. Yeah, that's terrible. That's going to be a 7. 5. Okay. Strangely. Um, with the 13, a lot, <laughs> um, you figure out that the dragon 
has landed aboard the ship. You hear some feet shuffling coming down below deck, frightened of the beast. I definitely imagined a dragon crawling into this tiny space. No, 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 I was no, no, like, no, no, oh, we're gonna no, no, die. No, no. You, 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 hear, you hear crew members frightened of the beast. The rest of you hear the sounds of combat above. Footsteps shuffle and run above you and uh, they're like a bad upstairs neighbor that Alaris you had in your dorm at the Weaver's school. Vindrich looks at you with an eyebrow raised, Grimton. Give me an insight check. 15. You're catching on the intentions of the emissary Vindrich. You understand that the Deva of Bahamut wants to know how you are going to react under this pressure. Do you follow your orders or do you fight? I wanted to fight from the beginning. (laughs) Do you say that out loud? (laughs) I would like yeah. to imagine this David is just like eyeballing Grimton. And like, like, are you gonna fight? Like, come up. on, man. yeah. He's like, I wanted to fight from the beginning, but like, un- <laughs> nobody, nobody said anything. Like, it's just silence in the room, uh, aside from like the, the wet stones yeah. going across his <laughs> right hander. <laughs> then silence is broken by Grimton just saying that. <laughs> Will you you give us a clean take of that, uh, Yessie? I wanted to fight from the beginning. I'm only down here as a courtesy. If you want to fight, go fight. You don't have to tell me twice, like... (laughs) (laughs) I'm blaming Grimton, and I follow Grimton. (laughs) All right, so you're all choosing to engage? Sure. I'm choosing to follow Grimton, specifically. Grimton, are you choosing to engage? The only way this could get better is if there's also Gith on board. (laughs) All right, all y'all, roll some initiative. Arik, Lars, and Grimton with three. Three. It's funny Um, because, like, Grifton... Oh, my God. Grifton, yes. Grimton. I said Grifton with an F. Um, lovely. Grimton is ostensibly leading this charge, but is now somehow at the bottom of initiative order. I feel like you got some splaining to do. Listen, I'm old. <laughs> yes. So we, like, listen to Grimton's idea, but then we're all faster than Grimton. <laughs> we're like, yeah! Above deck, four Githyanki pirates, all of skinned with jagged facial features and black eyes like doll's eyes, hold a crew at sword point. <laughs> Two are in ornate strappy half plate one of them with an eye patch and the other one is one armed Uh, the other two are in robust full plate both wielding silver great swords one of them smiles with a gold tooth and the other one has a bright red paisley bandana over their head a huge red dragon stands fiercely on the old corals ship's roost they're holding the crew at sword point. You've got a crew of like 20 people above deck. Presumably all of them have their weapons dropped. Uh, there's also a handful of crew that are uh, still below deck, but have seen you come up, emerge from the safe room and have reinvigorated their courage. So they're gonna come up with you. So so we just walked into a full surrender? Pretty much, yeah. How how uneven are the odds? Well, there's only four of them. Well, it's only it's it's only four Githyanki, but they also have a red dragon because your dragon is otherwise preoccupied. And they don't have any other like okay. serious ballistas or anything that they can help. So it's four people 
And like one dragon, which counts as like 10 people. Probably more than that. I'm cocky. So anyway, Marlinda, it's your turn. I was just thinking, how do you shoot Moonbeam across space? <laughs> like, well, Hold on, I need to make a con saving throw. I rolled two 16s back to back. So both eye patch and one armed save. Seven damage to each of them. I have a question about Moonbeam's flavor text. Does it strike from top down or does it come from the ground and go up? I have great news. Right now, the cusp is above you, which means that the orb that is the sun and moon is also above you. <laughs> and the top down moon beam literally comes from the moon. It's incredible and a, an awesome sight to behold. Uh, it's gonna be Bandana's turn. Bandana, who's obviously in charge here, he could probably have guessed that there were more people on the ship, but did not anticipate this sort of reaction after having gotten the crew to surrender above. So he will be taken aback, but then swiftly engage. He is going to misty step, boom, right in front of Morlinde, who uh, is somehow managed to work herself right in front of the whole group, is going to make the first attack with his greatsword. 21 to hit. 13 <laughs> slashing damage. On, on top of the three that you took earlier, don't forget. From the uh, splash of the wave. Plus six psychic damage. Yeah, you are hit with a magical weapon that, Alaris, you know from stories, is silver from literally the lattice of heaven, which protected the astral sea from the far realms beyond. How far am I behind Morlinde? Not very. Okay, I want to shoot my bow at one of the people that got moonbeamed. They all got moonbeamed pretty equally, right? Only two of the dudes did, yes. Two of them. Eye patch and one arm. Who, who's who's standing in front of Morlinde at the moment? Bandana. Bandana, okay. I'm going to make eye patch my hunter's mark. Ooh. And then I'm going to shoot at him. Aim for his other eye. Ooh, dang. This is... This is a bad roll. 11? No, yeah, it's not going to happen. That's like I come up out of the you know, out of where we are and just like, first thing I see, I loose an arrow. Like I'm like, ah, yep, that guy. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, and then, so then I notice this, this git that's like right here up on Morlinde <laughs> and I'm gonna pull out my sword and swing at him unsuccessfully. Dang. I'm not gonna read you that number. <laughs> <laughs> it's embarrassingly low, huh? It is. Here's the embarrassing thing that happens. I'm able, like, as I crest to just, like, as soon as I peek over the top, loose an arrow, but then when I go to grab my sword, I hit the ceiling before, like, it's still <laughs> behind me. So I hit, it's like, clunk, and, like, nothing happens. And I'm, like, fighting with it as I try and get out of this, this uh, doorway area. It's humiliating. Goldtooth, as an enforcer, his attention is torn from the crowd control of the group of surrendered crew members guarded. And I think that Goldtooth is going to just slash his weapon, a silvered greatsword attack at one of the unnamed NPCs uh, who's going to go down and again pew, at the second one. Uh, it's going to be the red dragon's turn. Oh, I didn't like that. Murdered somebody. Did you say he just like straight up killed this NPC? Was it, this is like the main pirate? Goldtooth. Okay, he's the second in command-ish. They're, they're all, so it's Bandana, Goldtooth, Eyepatch, and one arm? It's the dragon's turn, who's going to give a frightening roar. And 
Everybody here must give me a wisdom saving throw, please. That's 15. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. 21. 18. The only person who saved was Ulrich, and the rest of you are frightened. Dang. You are compelled to cower and run as far away from this creature as possible, which means going back below the deck. Ulrich, because your save was successful, you are now immune from the dragon's frightful presence move for the next 24 hours. Cool. As your companions run, it sees Ulrich standing there, and it is going to claw at the crew and ripping some of them away, and then will reach out its mighty red-scaled jaws uh, to attack Auric. Maybe missing <laughs> 17 t- to hit? That'll hit. Woo! What's your, what's your AC out of curiosity? 17. It's Tigus the attacker. Tigus the attacker. I'm sorry, bud. It is going to clamp down its jaws on you, Auric. You are going to take... Let me find the dice. Finding the dice. Finding the dice. Take one dice. Roll it with another. You're gonna take 16 piercing damage. I did not like that. Then you're gonna take two more d6 fire damage. I rolled snake eyes, so it's only two fire damage. <laughs> just like completely whiffs it with that fire. It's like, well, unlike. I think that's just like ambient fire. That wasn't a breath weapon. That was uh, that was a fire that. that was still like burning in the old jaws, you know? I see. The phlegm. It's the fire phlegm. Like the flame equivalent of. Yeah. But ding! <laughs> Alaris, it is your turn. You're frightened. So I have to just run below deck? You must stay below deck. You may do anything you want below deck, but. You cannot come up until you save. Does saving hmm. take his turn? So he can. Does he save at the beginning of his turn? No, save at the end. Save at the end. end the save turn. at the end. Okay. okay you okay. said the dragon is like perched on something, basically the same thing that the Grand Dragon was perched on. Yes. Do you think Maximilian's Earthen Grasp needs to be like made of earth? Let's Google like, it. Or like, can you just make it in something and it's just made of earth when it appears? A medium hand made of compacted soil rises there it doesn't say you know it it doesn't say that it needs earth and it is transmutation so like you're you're messing with like the materiality of the weave to do this so Mm -hmm. you know what i don't i think it's just made of earth when it comes up i don't think you need it to cast what a technicality does the ship count as ground yes for for this case the ship counts as ground. how close is the rear sail to the dragon's like head basically i'm wondering if the dragon's head is close to any part of the ship at this moment like what sure. did it what did it do to it just reach down to bite auric and succeed we can say that its head is dang near the ship's hull. I want to try from below deck basically cast maximilian's earth and grasp on the ship deck and try to have it grab the dragon's mouth uh, you're gonna do that on disadvantage. That's though. fine. Okay. That's a, you, you're you're because blind you're, firing. Yeah, you're here, blind yeah. firing right now. But <laughs> yeah, that's that's completely fine. I love um, it. I think it's great. They must make a strength saving throw. So we'll just okay. have it make a strength saving throw with advantage. Sure, that makes sense to me. The strength score of this adult red dragon is 27, which is a plus eight. The first roll is a 17. 
Ah. The second roll was a 17. Cool. Uh, well, that saves then. Yeah, you're... you're <laughs> no kidding. Well, that um, saves then. Understatement <laughs> of the year. Huh. Well, that, that saves then. Um, so above deck, Ulrich, what do you see? So this dragon like bent down toward me and all that. Took a big old munch out of you. And then this giant hand of dirt whoosh, out of the wood or whatever this ground is made of. And it comes closer than you expect for a blind shot for like grabbing hold. But like still, it's largely just like, nah. <laughs> like <laughs> just kind of like it came up from the ground, tried to grab Miss and just smacks the boat floor <laughs> um, as its first thing. It's just like, whoosh! Like, <laughs> Oh, wait. Alaris, give me give me a... Uh, a oh, yeah. Saving throw. Saving throw. That's 18. Okay, so, uh, Alaris, you saved. It's going to be one arm's turn. Who's going to attack Orlinde, who is still above deck. Let me pull up my Githyanki warrior sheet. 16 to hit. And that will be seven slashing damage and three psychic damage. It's going to make its second attack at Alaris, who we're going to say was uh, next in line and who is frozen in sphere there. 22 to hit. Yeah, it hits. 11 slashing damage and five psychic damage. 16 total. Okay. Then it is going to use Misty Step to jump back away to the center of uh, the ship near the main mast. Eyepatch is going to be up next and just going to deftly maneuver in and try to attack doing the same. Um, the first attack against Morlinde is going to be a 12. And seeing that it missed, it's going to grit its terrible teeth and swing again at Yi. But in its anger is uh, frustrated and losing its skill and rolled even worse the second time. So it's not going to hit again. Grimton, you're up. You cannot come above deck yeah. with being frightened. Uh, who's closest to me? Vindrich and Mead Drinker are close with you uh, below deck. So I'm not rel- too relatively close to the rest of the party? Oh, um, Alaris would be the closest. Okay. I guess I'll use Rally to Give him some temporary HP. Oh, nice. Okay. So he'll gain... Shout out to being a battle master, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Superiority die plus charisma. Grimton Steady Hand, noted for his charisma. 10 temporary HP. Nice. That's not bad. Yeah. That, that's definitely helpful. I was already almost yeah. bloody. <laughs> I guess noteworthy, I do have my shield out, but uh, <laughs> that's all I can do. Save. 16? Uh, DC 17. Sorry, bud. It is going to meet Mead Drinker's turn, who also needs to save. Gets frightened. Did get the 17 uh, with a even a plus zero, just a natural 17. Uh, it's going to go down to Vindrich's turn. And rather than backing down when frightened, uh, Vindrich is going to let out a roar, and you can see his body transformed from a gold-skinned humanoid deva into a powerful, massive gold dragon. He begins to run out the hatch during this transformation, and he runs past the rigging and then leaps off the side. And there's a moment where he's cinematically out of sight and frame, 
um, before he comes back into full view aloft, Vindrich flying with claws raised. He beats his great wings and knocks prone the weaker half-plated Githyankis. Um, Vindrich then takes off again toward the red dragon. I forgot that he was a dragon. <laughs> Surprise! I think everyone did, and we're all like, oh! <laughs> we had a, two dragons also. I, I definitely Surprise! Imagine. There's this moment where, like, everyone except for the crew, because the crew definitely isn't as dumb as we are, and, like, us and the Githyanki are just, like, paused mid-combat to stare at this <laughs> thing as it happens. You know, you say that the crew knew, but, like, from what you can tell, Vindrich was under orders to stay in the safe room, so. I mean, you got me there. So, yeah, maybe there's this moment where lit, it's like a, it's like a renaissance painting. We're all, like, frozen mid, <laughs> yeah. mid-combat and staring at this dragon. It's going to be Bandana's turn, and Bandana was not knocked prone by the appearance of the gold dragon, Vindrich. Bandana is going to smirk his eyes, black like a doll's eyes, glistening from the astral dust. He smirks because you just foolishly attacked two people beyond him, who's immediately in front of you. (laughs) And he's going to make his first attack. He swings his great sword down with a 14 to hit. That should miss if I remember your AC from before. Yeah! Uh, with the first one smashing down onto the steel deck, a second attack, he lifts it high and slashes with a 19 to hit. Nine slashing damage, 16 psychic damage. You're about to go down. You're not gonna die. How many hit points do you have? Just tell us. Six, okay. <laughs> After getting bitten and damaged fairly substantially, a primal guttural roar is going to erupt from my tiny form, and Spirit Bear is going to make an appearance. Will erupt forth. Yeah, spreading forth from me in a not dissimilar fashion to literally every power up in any anime ever. Um, (laughs) Just like, you know, yeah, like. I, I would like to believe that's intimidating to all who see it, um, but not enough to waste uh, critical parts of my action on a roll for it. Mm-hmm. I'm still within range of the Githyanki that is directly in front of Morlinde, correct? Or did that one move? I was That, that one has that. not moved. It is staying very present with Morlinde and engaged in combat with her. I am going to take both of my attacks at that guy with my swords. So, 19? 19 will do it. I did not make him my my hunter's quarry, though. Correct. So. Correct, okay. You hear that? That good, that good dice that ASMR? Dark Silver yeah. Forge rolling, yeah. A total of 10 damage. Take what you can get. I, yeah, that's the first attack, I get another one. I crit failed that one. <laughs> um, but the bear is going to attack the dragon that is here and mad. Yes. It get and it gets two attacks, one with its bite and one with its claws. Bark. The oh. the first attack is going to be an Reverse 18. Red dragon? 
Yes. Mm, 18? Yeah. Sell it to me. Uh, well, it's already pretty epic. And if I remember correctly, didn't this dragon just get surprised by a whole other dragon? Yeah, surprise dragon, yes. Yeah, so surprise dragon shows up. Um, and so not only was that already a shock and drew the red dragon's whole attention, but then a equivalently sized spirit bear appears out of seemingly nowhere unexpectedly. How big is Mother Bear's... What? I assume Mother Bear was just a large creature. Yeah. Oh, I have always imagined Mother Bear is like hay by size, like huge. Oh, no, God. Really? Yeah, it, that, I was just thinking like, you know, bear-sized bear. Yeah. Oh, no, I've always... always bear-sized. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a take a nasty bite here. It's still a surprise either way, even if I'm not as huge as I always imagined. That's the first attack. I'm going to go ahead and do the damage on that. I love the rule of sell it to me. I, I do, honestly. I think it's an important mechanic in D&D because it encourages... Uh, at least for us. Well, I think it's important, period, because I like that it encourages role play. Um, and I feel like that's a critical element of D&D. But anyway, that's philosophical and neither here nor there. This first attack is going to do 11 damage as well. 11 damage against Red Dragon. Oh, the base roll is an 18, and I get to add a lot to that. Uh, this is going to be 23 to hit. Oh, yeah, yeah, damage. Yeah, claw, this is a claw attack. Oh, yeah, because yeah. you get multiple. Between me and, and Mother Bear, I get four attacks. Dang, kid. Yeah, it's pretty nice. I like it. 13 damage. I like to imagine that I managed to catch the dragon in the neck, but not as like fatally as like, you know, a creature grabbing something else in the neck. Like I got a good bite and a good scratch in the in the long neck of this dragon. You will remember that Goldtooth was on crowd control duty and began slashing at the innocents. Goldtooth is going to continue that. Both rolls being substantial, cutting down one apiece. Um, if you would like to stop the killing of innocents. I do want to stop the killing of innocents. Just, just in general, I do. I would how, like to stop it. How many innocents are there to kill? Like, uh, we've lost in three. Total, yeah, in total, it's a crew of 20. That includes officers and junior officers. So, like, 15, 15 nameless NPCs. You said they had weapons at one point, right? And they've just dropped them? Yes. When their next turn comes around, they'll take some moves. It'll be Red Dragon's turn. Red Dragon, who's just been surprised by Vindrich and is going to try to use its breath weapon, unleashes this massive 60-foot cone of fire just full bore on Vindrich. And you can see that the gold scaling, the Vindrich, is just brushing off the flames. Gold dragons, some of you know, are immune to fire damage. They are themselves fire beings. Yeah, fire versus fire. Fire versus fire. Which is why you also have not seen Vindrich use fire upon the red dragon. He knows that it is a worthless attack. Taken by surprise and taken while roosting, red dragon is going to jump from the roost. Uh, the pressure is going to make the old coral uh, buck in the waves a bit. It is still at full sail, uh, traveling swiftly through the Astral Sea. Uh, Alaris, your turn. I'm going to jump above deck, pull my sword out. I'll activate Bladesong, say Abla, and then attack at Goldtooth 
the one that's slashing the innocents. Mm-hmm. Um, 21 to hit. Serious, yes. That'll be 13. And then another 23 to hit. Yep. Uh, 15. Strike um, out controller. Pull the sword out, run over there, slash this dude twice. And then I want to say... Are you gonna let your ship be taken? Stand up and fight. Ah! You don't. You don't need to. Well, do you want to make a persuasion roll? Do you want to? Risk I mean, it if I don't need to, then it? that's fine. You don't need to. I think they're in a, a jovial enough mood that they just let, uh, like with the the appearance of the gold dragon and y'all coming out of the safe. Like they're they're good to go with it. One arm is going to try to stand up and look for somebody to attack. Uh, he's going to find an innocent. I say that they're innocent. They're all like crew members aboard a ship. Like they're, well, yeah. Technically, they're combatants here, but like they, they had already surrendered. He crit fails, so one arm misses. Eye Patch is gonna also stand up and try to attack. Glances off the armor of uh, somebody who is wearing it. Grimton, your move, bud. I'm going to use my sacred weapon. Just make my weapon glow and stuff. Glow even harder. Lightsaber. Just because it's fun. That's all I can really do. I'm assuming I'm not like in touching distance of anyone. Mm, no, you're below deck still, aren't you? I forgot. And then I'm going to roll to save. Who's hoping? 19. Hey, hey! There you go. No one's scared anymore. Meadreaker's going to run up, start slashing. 15 damage on bandana. It was a good song. I liked it. Thanks. Finder's just going to do some serious impact on Red Dragon. Gonna roll some various dice. Take me in three different attacks. They'll hit what how many total? Rolling in bulk. 16, 12. Joe softly murmuring numbers is horrifying in every single Here, context. those numbers were 16, 12, 10, 11, 7. What's what's that added up? 16, 12, 11, 49. 10. 56. 56 total? 56 fire 56 damage. fire damage? No, it wasn't fire damage. It was slashings and whatnots. 56 slashing damage from... This is a Godzilla vs. King Kong level fight. Like... And the rest are taking up arms. It's finally the turn for, as I have written here on my notes, the rest. <laughs> uh, they're all taking up arms and swords in hand, picking them up off the ground, uh, and are going to now lay into Goldtooth, who will take... 20 total damage from swords in every direction as they beat down their attacker. After all, they have nothing to lose but their chains. Bandana is also going to attack Alaris, who's the next one in line coming up these stairs. That was a four for the first attack with the great sword. 15. That does not hit. Plus nine. Oh. <laughs> that does hit. <laughs> Buried the lead. Get wrecked! (laughs) Jesus. Twelve slashing damage and ten psychic damage. Good on you, though, for lasting this long. (laughs) So he has advanced toward you, cut you some into little bitty tiny Alaris bits, and then is now going to misty step between you and the next person in line who is Ulrich. It is Ulrich's turn. Oh, lit. We're flanking. Bandana is directly between us. Yep. Goldtooth is over there getting beat up by his... On the other side of me, yeah. Okay, and then the other two homies are over there being 
whatever they are. Well, they, they, they have just run up to join everyone because they sl- tried to slash innocence. Seeing that the red dragon has taken flight, both Mother Bear and I are going to just like look at Goldtooth like, mm, you thought you'd kill some innocents today? So first, though, I'm going to fight Bandana because we're flanking and I'm not going to miss that opportunity <laughs> yeah. to, get, to get advantage. Uh, and, and then I'm Loki going to have Mother Bear double flank, but we'll get there. You're going to have Loki do it? Yes. Yeah. The God of Mischief is going to show up. From Marvel Cinematic Universe? Mm-hmm. Just kidding. Don't sue us, Disney. I just want you guys to know that my first roll was a crit fail, so I'm super glad Shout out to advantage. That, that we have advantage. Hey, that's the name of our show. Hey, it's a good show. Because my second roll is a 19. Heyo. So this is my first attack against... This is just a, a, a blade attack against Bandana here. Nine damage. Is 17 enough to hit? E against Bandana? Yes. No. Hey, nat 20. Bow, 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 bow. What's our house rule for nat 20? <laughs> Yeah, normal normal up. crit is double the dice. Let's double the damage dice. Let's 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 play yeah. it spicy. I think I think normally we've done just max damage because I think that's what four E was, that's and that's was. fifth edition is double the dice. Well, that's lame. So I'm gonna I'm gonna keep things interesting here, and uh, we're gonna do we're gonna do two dice. I should not have done that. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm a I'm a fool. Um, I mean it's still a pretty good attack. It's just not as as strong as it could have been. Uh, it's gonna be thirteen damage. That's against Bandana, right? Correct. Mother Bear gonna flank the other one. Goldtooth. She's mad. Ooh, that's that's almost definitely gonna work. Twenty three. Yes. Yes. Nine damage. Yeah, yes. Nice. And then the second roll. Jeez. 19 It hit. feels really good to wreck shop with y'all. <laughs> uh, 11 damage. Which, like, I feel pretty good because as a single person, I dealt, like, 40 damage just then. Granted, it's four attacks spread across two creatures, but still. Goldtooth, surrounded by who were once his prisoners, is going to spend his turn trying to defend against them. Red Dragon is going to be making some... Some serious damage <laughs> against Vindrich. Do you remember the math that y'all did earlier? You're talking about bronze dragon versus red dragon. The lightning dragon versus the fire. Yes. So red dragon beats out bronze dragon. Okay. I figured. So that means the remainder of that red dragon. There, there's been a whole nother dragon battle. That right. I imagine. Seen. Yeah. I imagine red. <laughs> I've been wondering. I always think of red dragon as like most powerful of the chromatics chromatics yeah yep. and indeed that is the case and i would assume gold being most powerful of the yep um metallics so th- they're they're even but they're but red dragon's about to get secondary reinforcements yeah i've been wondering when this ticket would come due i kind of it's a Chekhov's gun really so here's how i am currently imagining the battlefield there's gold tooth me bandana Ulrich in a line. Including Mother Bear. Mother Bear is flanking on the other side. Mother Bear, other side of Goldtooth. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other two, yeah, one arm eye patch. Are standing off toward the main mast. They're closer to Goldtooth, though, right? Yes, they are closer to Goldtooth. And then down below deck are Grimton and Morlet. Uh, the people that would have been attacking Goldtooth would be like basically on the upper crest if you're looking at it as a, a square. 
So like there's us in a line and then they'd be like forming an L I would assume around in those four squares. So okay. what I would like to do, how, how high up would the crow's nest uh, be? On a ship this size? It is 30 feet tall. So I would like to misty step up to the crow's nest as a bonus Hell action. Yeah. <laughs> and then I would like to shoot a fireball down <laughs> with the radius we- reaching up to where gold to- where it will hit both gold tooth and bandana. Um, and then also the radius will succumb- like would encompass the other two and hopefully hit all four of them but not hit anyone else. Because I, if I imagine, like, the way I'm seeing it is I think you could potentially have a circle that would hit both of them at the apex and then um, circle back around and hit the other two in the 20-foot radius, but not necessarily hit anybody else. Yeah, I'll let that work. I mean, it might hit some innocence, but I don't think it would... It definitely wouldn't hit Ulrich. <laughs> might hit some innocence. innocence. Is this, this is gonna be the... This is gonna be the room you microwaved over again, but like... But it's definitely not gonna bring the ship down, because I made sure that when Joe said iron, I was like, cool, now it, I can do it is, this. It is, a, um, it is a metal ship. You're... Yep. It um, can ignite all flammable objects in the area. All right, so I need them to all make a dexterity saving throw. Okay, so all, every enemy. Yes, all four of them. Okay, yes. and what's what's my DC here? 16. Eye patch got a 16, so tie goes to the okay. roller. But 19 for one arm, 18 for gold tooth, and uh, 7 for bandana. Then I'll roll some damage, and the people that saved will take half of it. Listen to those dice roll. Yeah, just clatter, 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 clatter. It is 8d6 fire damage. And that will be 24 damage to each of them. 24 damage to each of them, except for the ones that saved? Yeah, they'll, t- they'll do 12. Uh, Bandana had 24 hit points, and he was the only one that did not save. Hey! Hey! Bandana. You roast Bandana. Give us a cinematic view of you uh, doing Overwatch from the Crow's Nest. I can imagine, like, almost kind of spirit bombing it in a way. Just, like, I teleport <laughs> up there, and then I make a fireball, and then I just throw it down. Man said yeet! <laughs> Man said yeet, indeed. I pictured you, like, starting the fireball, like, while you were still on deck, and then, like, teleporting up, and then, like, releasing as soon as you, Ooh. like, Sure, like the instant there. transmission yeah. Kamehameha? Yeah. Like, I like to imagine you said it's high noon right before you did it. <laughs> it's high noon! It's high noon. <laughs> That's not quite the way that ult works. One-armed is uh, stressed as heck. Because Bandana's the leader, right? Surrounded by people that he doesn't like who are attacking him and just got scorched from an unknown assailant above. Uh, I think he's going to drop his arms and put his hands up and uh, surrender. So that's one arm. Well, I guess he can't put his hands up, but he does put one hand up. (laughs) It's going to be Eyepatch's turn, who's going to... Let's roll an insight check from him. Um, so he does not see his companion laying down arms and is going to try to keep fighting. Uh, it's going to roll a nat 20. And ooh, it's going to be taking out two NPCs. Grimton, your turn. Okay. <laughs> Finally. Grimton's like, all right. Who can I kill uh, instantly? Am I within range of a... Goldtooth? Is that the one that's been killed by NPCs? Uh, you could get in within range. Alright. Yes. I'm gonna try to hit him with my sword. As one does. <laughs> does a 26 hit? <laughs> Substantially. Okay. Alright. I'm gonna use a spell slot to make it a divine smite. So 
Hmm. Those are pretty good rolls. Uh, he's taking 28 damage. 27 to hit. That, yes. <laughs> What's, I, I do gotta know the math there, though. Like, what? So, it's, I rolled a 17 on the dice, and I normally have a plus 8 to hit, but since it's my sacred weapon, I get an extra plus 2, so it's Dang. plus 10 to hit. Yeah, that hits. 27 hits. I'm not gonna use my Divine Smite. Because I'm just wasting... Nah, I am going to use my Divine Smite. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Nah, he deserves it. (laughs) Only 22 damage. Only 22 damage. On top of that 28? Yes. So 50? Grimton answers the question, can a humanoid body sublimate? 29 hit points minus 50 damage is negative... 21 hit points. Grimton has felt, he's pretty angry that he's felt like pretty useless this whole fight. So he finds the courage within himself to go above deck and the first thing he sees is Goldtooth just slaughtering some of the crew members. So he runs up to him, uh, basically uses his shield not to strike him but to like turn his shoulder so that he's facing him because he wants him to look him in the eyes as he like is about to just eviscerate him. And he plunges like his radiant sword into his gut and like slashes upwards and then plunges it again just in the other direction. Yes. And I like to believe that after the first attack, when he realized what was about to happen to him, he could see the penance in his eyes. That's just <laughs> Grimton though. I'm only sad I couldn't kill him again. It's good. <laughs> Me drinker, also being a dwarf, also being forged by Moradin, going to take your cue and run out and just lay down his uh, well-polished hammer on uh, Eyepatch and rend him sunder. Eyepatch is out, one arm is surrendered, bandana is out, and gold tooth is out. So, now, Your only combatants are in the sky. Help me tell a grand story of Vindrich versus this red dragon. Sure. In a sort of frustrated attempt to like stop a bunch of small, like but fast attacks, the red dragon is going to return fire with a strong but very blunt attack. Um, It's going to be a sort of like, I guess like imagine a backhand, but with the entire body and wing included. It's like a whole like shoulder shove, wing backhand smack essentially to shove this dragon back uh, and to stop the, the maelstrom of Claws. Um, the red dragon, like backhanded, basically. Yeah. Findrich and sort of maybe put some distance between them. Yeah, like just yeah. a breathing breathing room, essentially. Right. All right. So, I would like to uh, cast the spell banishment. Um, banishment is where you can attempt to send a creature you can see to another plane of existence, <laughs> and oh. I like to, and I want to imagine it as a big portal behind this red dragon trying to suck it in and i would like vindrich to see this portal happening and sort of charge the red dragon and try to push it through it 
Okay. And and flavor that as giving it disadvantage on the charisma saving throw. Yes. Okay. The red dragons making charisma their charisma save. save? Yeah. Okay. Mm. 15? 15 does not save. So Vindrich gets pushed back, right? And yeah. Then he's then I make this portal appear. Vindrich charges. Seizes the opportunity and charges this red dragon, shoves it through the portal. Um and it is now popped to another plane of existence. Which? Where? I have so many questions, metaphysically. Is it is it native to this plane? Native astral. So if it's native to the plane that we're on, then it goes to a demiplane. Sigil. <laughs> Man, Sigil's gonna be pissed! Can you what? imagine just like everybody's having their normal ass day in Sigil and then a dragon is just like <laughs> like just like what, what, slams but, into the city. So I, I do have a question. Would this count would the Astral Sea proper that we're currently in count as a native plane or would it be native to like the Nine Hells Dominion specifically? If anything, the Nine Hells is a demiplane within the Astral Sea. Can you just sail out of the Nine Hells like you can anywhere else? Or does it yes. take extra effort? Oh, okay. Yeah. Then I think it. Then I don't think it would count as a demiplane in this context. Okay. If it's just another astral domain, to like, if it was like hard to get out of somehow, like you're like trapped there magically, sure. then I think it would make more sense as a demiplane specifically. The demiplane that opens up is one similar to bags of holding that are at each of your sides. You just put him in a pocket universe. You just like pretty much put yeah. him in a pocket universe. I put him in a pocket universe. Uh, Ten minutes of air. With no discernible uh, location and method of which to access. And it will stay there for a minute. And then it will pop back out where it left. Hopefully, by that point, Vindridge can deal with the other red dragon if it pops back up. And will also be significantly far away from the other red dragon when it pops back out. Because we're still moving, right? Like, our ship is still moving. The camera is from the perspective, from a first-person perspective, of the red dragon. You experience, you the audience as, as the dragon, experience a behemoth of a gold dragon whip its body into you bull rushing pushing you backwards with all its great strength and might you're taken aback from your peripherals you watch what must be like a black circle close in around you and then disappear leaving you in an empty black dark space lit only with a few bits of stardust. It is in the astral sea somewhere, but like in in its depths, beyond anything that it could cartologically recognize. You as the dragon are looking around for any sign of any star that you could recognize, any dragon which you could fight and continue to battle but there's no sign of anything there's nothing there's just there's just nothing you begin to to go mad it's infuriating as you were enraged in this epic battle for you were taken away and then the seal opens up and the stars 
the skies around you relight with the astral dominions of the astral sea. You recognize, you the dragon, recognize your, in the distance, your home realm, your home constellations of the nine hells, and you're back, you recognize that you're back where you began. But as you look around for your attacker, they are not there. Instead, in the distance, you see an astral Zebek, the old quarrel, your pirate mark, and you turn around to fly home and do not give chase. Meanwhile, the lot of you are on the old quarrel. You're surrounded by three dead various dead crew members, a gold dragon flying behind your ship who has come to perch to roost, and a single-armed prisoner. I'll climb back down from the crow's nest and be like, so do we need to worry about the other... Where's the bronze dragon? Don't know. What'd you do to that red dragon? Oh, I banished it. Oh. Yeah, I sent it to another, like, a demi-plane. Or home. It kind of, I don't know where its native plane is. If it's, it, it's kind of complicated. It's, it's gone Wait, now. you did that? I thought the dra- the other dragon did that. You did that? Yeah, I did that. That's You had orders to stay below deck. How do you think this would have played out if we had stayed below deck? Poorly. I appreciate your work. <laughs> At any rate, I think we should get going. Let's make haste. Full speed ahead, as they say. Full, full, full astral. I give the orders around here, Mr. Geldrin. Fair enough. Full speed ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, at that moment, before the crew can get to the sails to set course, Somebody gives a look, and you turned around. It's the bronze dragon. Nice. The bronze dragon. Oh, that's nice. Ye of little faith. Probably not okay. <laughs> it's probably not okay. <laughs> not it is definitely. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what flying with a limp looks like. <laughs> like but... definitely has like probably a tear on its wing. Like it's not flying straight. Yeah. I'm gonna lay my oh. hands on. Uh, I I rolled for it, and Uthleach came out on top. Nice. <laughs>
All right, qu all right. You guys, you guys were all band kids. How many Pirates of the Caribbean shows did you see as a band kid? I I've never played it. I have only seen it performed one time, and that was at a band competition in Prior, Oklahoma. Dude, uh, I saw like four in the same contest. Like I've seen incredible. <laughs> <laughs> in Arkansas, like, man, there was like three years where everybody did it, yeah. You look and see her flying aggressively, teeth barred toward a pair of red dragons. Commander Devine shouts, All hands to position. Try that again. All hands to defensive positions. You watch Uth Leech in the distance, unleash a horrible breath weapon, a devastating lightning bolts that strikes one of the. Excuse me, wow. <laughs> a, a devastating lightning bolt that strikes one of the red dragons while it is st still 30 yards in front of her. God, I love the ability to edit all that shit out. <laughs> I have a question, Joe. Physics. Okay. If I shoot an arrow and it stays within our sphere of stuff does it fly normally yes okay you could imagine right like once it goes outside that sphere it's whatever but like the way it'll look to me it'll fly normally okay i can't wait to be like level 10 or something you know that'd be kind of cool yeah that would be cool wouldn't it yeah We'll Artists, get there, you know, we'll level, get there in a couple nine, of years. That would be like... cool. <laughs> You're not going to come away from the astral suit without superpowers. <laughs> sure. <laughs> we met God. Like, what you met God. <laughs> you can level up after this game, bud. <laughs> That's a milestone. <laughs> yeah, it's a milestone. Okay. The next it, wasn't, milestone. it wasn't a milestone I intended for you to get this, this arc, but I'm happy to give it to you. Yeah, First milestone, milestone is to meet God. The second milestone, become God. <laughs> like can you give us a reference for huge the size of my house that you haven't been to so a house sized dragon we've we we we've all been in my apartment at university park yes yes the listener hasn't but sarah and yesi both lived in university park apartments mm -hmm. we all know the size of what a standard uca adjacent two-bedroom two bath, 800 square foot apartment in Conway, Arkansas feels like. That's yeah. the size of Beast. From, so, from wingtip to wingtip size, <laughs> not length. Oh, okay. I okay. do I do also so big, really like big. using Conway specific descriptions on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, something that everybody in our international <laughs> audience can, uh, can identify to. with. Does, yeah. Uh -huh. Does this Let's, mean that a, a dragon could comfortably, well, not comfortably, but could fit inside of an 800 square foot apartment? Like yes. not comfortably, oh, but fit I, in there? It could, it could easily fit in there. Not comfortably. Easily, but it could but definitely not comfortably. fit. Okay. I, I have a reference for this. Uh, just out of curiosity, uh, because we mentioned our international audience in the last seven days, we've had 409, 945 plays. Hey. Um, yeah, we did just release an, uh, a new episode. So we but that's a, a lot, though. Our top countries include the U.S., Canada, and Macau. All right. I have to go. Which is not, not a country that I've ever 
Will you spell that? I don't think I've M A C A O. That's not a country that I've ever. M A C A O or A U. M A C A M A C A O. It is a okay. It's, it's right next to Hong Kong. It is a autonomous region in the south coast of China, across the Pearl River, River Delta from Hong Kong. Man. Portuguese territory until 1999. It reflects a mix of cultural influences. It has great casinos and malls on the Kotai Strip, which joins the islands of Tapai and Kalani, which have earned Ooh, it. Is the Las Vegas of Asia? I'm so thankful for Wikipedia. I'm Google Earthing this now, and first of all, I don't know who you folks are over there and why you care about this okay. show, hey, but a hey, shout hey. out to you guys for being Aaron, come here awesome. What? Come here. The Las, the Las Vegas, Vegas of, Asia. of Asia. Yeah, hopefully um, ho- hopefully we're not going to get too much uh, feedback here in the mics, but Aaron uh, <laughs> apparently overheard me talking about this. Um yeah and sent me some texts saying Macau is next to mainland China, gambling city-state, one of the most frequently visited countries in the world, but it's basically the Las Vegas of China if China was its own country. I'm sorry, if Las Vegas was its own country. So, Aaron, why the hell do you know about... No no shade to Macau, but why do you know about Macau? It's the opposite side of the planet. Yeah. It is a city-state... The other day I was looking... It is a city-state on the other side of the planet that literally I had no idea existed until I looked at the... Of course, city-state still exists. I mean, I don't know if it's actually a city-state, but it functions as a city-state, and... Um, yeah, well, it's not part of China per Wikipedia. I went <laughs> through a phase where I was learning about the languages spoken in different countries, so that's the first time I strong, uh, stumbled across Macau, and then, like, last weekend I was... Googling the most commonly visited cities in the world so that I could see what time of year it'd probably be best to visit, and I ran across Macau again. Interesting. One of the Is most like densely populated. Well, I mean, it's Las Vegas. That's interesting. It's like a filthy rich country. Yeah. Because it's Las Vegas. It, it, yeah, it does say that it's um, a special administrative region of the People's Republic of China. Oh, okay. So it would be considered probably a city state Still of China. China. Yeah. Okay. It's still really cool. Shout out to you guys over there. Our Macautians. Yeah, is that what you call? I don't know. You, you folks. Kind, kind, generous, lovely generous, souls lovely over there souls listening over to the complete, to the complete nonsense, nonsense that comes from our microphones. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for actively listening more than our moms. I think they call them Macanese. Oh, well, that makes way more sense. Well, third third biggest demographic this week. I don't think I've ever seen it on the chart before. Who knows? Hey, I would like to play Dungeons and Dragons again. I would assume got... it's based on just. No, like they only had like forty three. Um, I don't know if Joe's talking listens. to us or not, but no, I'm, I, I am talking to them. you. I can't oh, hear shit. Joe either. Yeah. Hmm. 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 Test, 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 test. There you go. Yeah. Ah! So, uh, yeah, it is based off of um, the 43 people that, or 43 listens in the past week that we have had that put it at top three. So it could three. be one person. It could be one person tests. listening to, hey, doing the math, uh, it was 
between you opening the puzzle box and you visiting uh, Havenmere and learning about the next step that you needed with the puzzle box with the key or with the ring. Um, that was literally 79 episodes. Can you believe that? Wait, what? Cool. We have made episodes. a lot of content. We've, we've made a, lo- a lot of art, Stephen. So anyway, Dungeons and Dragons, right. There are actual dragons here. Yes, there are actual dragons. Second time. Not, th- not this time. So, one more Macau fact before we begin. Jesus. Yes. <laughs> it has, it has the, the fourth highest life expectancy in the entire world. Oh. Well done, Macau. I, so I'm trying to distinguish pirates from like Star Trek, you know. Oh, so oh, okay. That's why I use that's why I use commander instead of uh, captain. That's I why see, I, I use see. like mission specialist instead of ship's master. Mm-hmm. Like I'm trying to do two different flavors here. So um, right, right. I'm tracking. I'm tracking. Also, we're going to say that the old quarrel is. Uh, I think I already said in this uh, previous recording that it was ironclad and. Uh, again, I'm trying to make the distinction between like Star Trek versus Treasure Planet style. So we're going to go with uh, the old coral being entirely ironclad and having a uh, steel deck of some sort. Okay. Yesi, I'm sorry that you, that Grimton had to, was crippled for oh, two turns. No, when someone fear. gets hit, they're going to get hit real hard. Cause... Oh, I, I'm confident <laughs> of that. I just know that it's disappointing for you as as Yessi to not be able to like actively fight and shred through people. So I'm I'm sorry for that. It's really oh, funny hearing you roll on your keyboard because like they can hear the buttons <laughs> smush. Uh, yeah, Ooh. Yessi is writing a D and D novel um, based solely on how his dice roll the yeah. keys. It says. Um, KJK, LKOP, colon, M, comma, comma, comma. M, comma, comma, comma. Why is Knee Drinkers just whole cock out? (laughs) (laughs) You were like, runs out with his polish, and Yessie and I were like, like, just (laughs) his wealth. We don't have to hammer. (laughs) Yeah. You know what else I remembered when we were when I was uh, listening to the Delve Deep episodes. (laughs) I already know where this is going. (laughs) Stephen Whole Hog (laughs) Sims. There was a period of time where Yes, he and I had the privilege of recording in the same room. Uh, Because we just got to beep for back and forth. Oh man. I miss that so much. It was so fun.